0: already take your bibles tonight go to 1 Timothy chapter 1 1 Timothy chapter 1 Father I thank you for tonight I thank you for your spirit I thank you as you continue to bring revelation into us about walking in signs wonders and miracles and the power that you placed on the inside of us Father I thank you that we're moving into a place of revelation where we have divine utterance in our mouth and in our minds we thank you as we release that utterance we thank you that the power of the spirit of God you placed on the inside of us will perform exactly what we speak in the name of Jesus And I thank you for all you're going to do tonight and the revelation you're bringing forth. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. 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 All right. 1 Timothy chapter 1 tonight. Look at verse 6. It says, Wherefore I have put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands... For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Look at verse 6. Wherefore, I put you in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God. Where is the gift of God? It is where? In you. In other words, Timothy's telling people to stir up or fan the inner flame that's on the inside of them, the gift that's on the inside. It's second. Oh, second Timothy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was seeing if anybody knew it would yell out, it's 2 Timothy. <laughs> All right, let's go again, 2 Timothy chapter 1, same verse 6 and 7. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Paul is telling us to fan the inner flame of the gift of God that's on the inside of you. Notice, first of all, you have a gift. Say, I have a gift. How many know that gift that God has given you is called the Holy Ghost? Now, in order to stir it up or to fan the flame, you have to give some attention to the gift that's on the inside of you. You need to be aware of that gift in your daily life. Uh, the reason he uses fan here how many know if you fan a fire, it should get hotter and brighter? So the gift in you, that means can get stronger or that gift in you can get weaker depending whether you're fanning the flame or you're not fanning the flame. If a lack of attention, if you neglect it, if you get off into worry, fear, and doubt, basically it will make on the inside of you weak. You must stay away from things, whatever puts your fire out. You must remove the ash off your coals. Back when we used to live up north, if you left the fire go down, there were hot coals underneath, but there was something called ash on top of those coals so what did you do you used a poker say a poker you need to find out what your pokers are in life sometimes it's praying in tongues sometimes it's shouting sometimes it's a certain song sometimes it's a certain tape when you start to feel that way, you got to poke yourself say "I i need to poke myself and that will get the ash off of you praise god hallelujah so in order to see demonstrations of power you must have indwelling power Nothing in your life will manifest that does not reside on the inside of you. If you see light manifesting when you turn on the switch, it is because there is power connected to that switch. Most of you came here by car tonight. When you put your foot on the pedal, it was connected. It only went as fast as what you had under the hood. Spiritually wise, you must keep what you have hot. You must keep it burning on the inside of you so that you have plenty under the hood when it's time to do a sign, wonder, and miracle. To benefit from the anointing that resides in you, you must understand what has been deposited on the inside of you by the Holy Ghost. Say, the Holy Ghost lives in me. All right, now to First Timothy chapter 3. I hope. <laughs> yeah, you straightened me out. Oh, jeez first mistake in 30 years. Dear goodness sakes. <laughs> All right, first Timothy chapter 3, look at verse 14. Paul says, "These things I write unto you hoping to come unto you shortly, but if I tarry long that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. And without controversy great is the mystery of godliness." God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received up into glory. Here Paul says he wants to help us to learn how to behave ourselves in the church, which is the house of God, the pillar and the ground of truth. The church basically is a place where living members join together. It is a fellowship of believers, basically people with things in common. TCVC is the house of God, and I'm not talking about the building, I'm talking about the people who attend the building, they are the house of God, they are the church, we are the church of the living God, and Paul says, since you are, you need to behave and act like it, Paul says the key to the church is without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness or godlikeness, God was manifested in the flesh. Now, if you read the gospel of John in chapter 1, one of the scriptures says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. What was it talking about? It was talking about Jesus Christ coming in a physical body and living here on the earth. So the mystery of godliness is beyond controversy, says. It's beyond debate. It's beyond any argument that there is. It is almighty God with all his power. He laid aside his creative force laid aside his deity, and he became a human being. Jesus was God in the flesh. Say Jesus. Jesus was God in the flesh. flesh. Now notice, we we throw around the name Jesus Christ. That's Jesus Christ. Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ means that Jesus was anointed that he came with the power of God and the anointing of God. So it was Jesus, the anointed one, Jesus, the powerful one, Jesus, the one who had the spirit on the inside. He was born among us and he grew up to be our savior and our redeemer. Here it says, the mystery says he was justified by the spirit. The spirit of the Lord came upon him and empowered him at the age of 30 years old. If you remember before that, Jesus did no miracles until he turned 30 because at that time he was empowered by the spirit of God, which came upon him. When he began to minister in the power, humanity witnessed God manifested in the flesh. Now, another word for that that we use sometimes is incarnation. Incarnation. Some people believe that you come back as an animal. Well, whatever that stuff is, it really doesn't make much sense. This just tells you that God was incarnated. He came in a flesh body. He was God. He was man. And he came in a flesh body to be an example of what man would be as soon as he redeemed them and set them free. When he began to minister in power, humanity witnessed God actually being manifested in the flesh. This is the mystery of godliness, that Almighty God would come in a physical body, would minister with power, would bring heaven's will back to the earth. He would restore righteousness back to man and once again make man the house of God or the church. Once again, the mystery of godliness is that Almighty God would come in a physical body. He would minister with power. He would bring heaven's will back to the earth. He would restore righteousness back to man and make man the house of God once again. Basically, he came to restore you to your original place. If you go back and look in Genesis, you'll see that man was created with authority. Man was created with power. When man fell, he lost his power. He lost a kingdom. He lost his dominion. Someone had to redeem man, and God was disqualified unless he came in a physical body. That's why Jesus came in a physical body. He had no authority to come unless he was in that physical body. So it opened the door for him to defeat the devil once and for all, to make man righteousness so that you could become the house of God. This is basically the main point of the church, the main point of the kingdom, the main point of your life is that God came to live on the inside of you. And what did he bring? He brought all his wisdom. He brought all his power. He brought all his understanding. He brought all his ability. He brought his authority. Everything that you'll ever need is already on the inside of you because you are the house of God. What's the mystery of godliness? That godliness is already on the inside of me. How many know there's love in you? There's peace in you. Oh, there's joy in you. There's patience in you. All these things that God has in His nature, He brought on the inside of you. But now you must learn to walk in that mystery of godliness. I mean know, oh, to a lot of people, even in the church, they still don't believe God lives on the inside of them. It's beyond their understanding that Almighty God would come and live on the inside of a human being, and it just racks their mind. Of course, the natural realm is definitely not going to believe that. You walk up to say to somebody, "God's living on the inside of me." How I many know they'll take you away? because they don't understand that. But that's what it was all about. It was basically for us to be an opportunity to have God live on the inside of us. Say, God lives on the inside of me. I can manifest Christ just like Jesus manifested Christ. All right, go to Second Thessalonians chapter 2. All right, 2nd Thessalonians chapter 2, let's start in verse 7. It says, "For the mystery of iniquity does already work. Only he who now lets will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders." and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. Now, we just read about the mystery of godliness. This is the opposite of that in the earth today. There is a mystery of iniquity and lawlessness. Now, if the mystery of godliness is God living, operating, performing on the inside of a human being, then the mystery of iniquity and the mystery of lawlessness is simply iniquity and sin living on the inside of human beings. How did iniquity and and sin get on the inside of man? Well, when Adam fell, his nature was changed. At that time, he was basically reborn into the image and likeness of Satan, and on the inside of him now was Satan. He was a liar. He was a cheater. He was guilty. He was condemned. So two things are operating in the earth realm right now. One is the mystery of godliness, and there is also a mystery of iniquity or sin basically basically good and evil every person that you see is living in or operating one or the other now if you're not born again if you cannot operate in the mystery of godliness because you have no godliness in you yet when you were born again your spirit was not changed yet or nothing happened until you get born again so they basically act like they do because of the spirit of iniquity that resides on the inside of them and to many people this is a mystery If it was a mystery to you tonight, it's no longer a mystery because now you know what's going on in the earth realm. You look at different people. You look at the riots going on. You look at all this stuff taking place. You say, how in the heck can people do this? Because the mystery of iniquity and... and defeat and all those things is basically the Satan's nature on the inside of human beings walking the earth right now but there's also people who have been born again what do they have godliness on the inside of them and can operate in that godliness so once again you see the battle of the two kingdoms the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan basically and we saw Jesus he was God manifested in the flesh he was our main example for that how I many you know we have plenty of examples for the mystery of iniquity You ain't got to look far to find that. Praise God. It is all over the place. Why is that? Because people are living in a physical body basically, but they've not been born again into righteousness so the Spirit of God can come in and make them the house of God again. So you are the house of God. The Bible says that you have become the habitation of God through the Spirit. Hallelujah. Not a visitation, but the Habitation, which means God is always on the inside of you 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You are now the house of God. So the mystery of godliness, almighty God came in a body. He ministered with power. He brought heaven back into earth. He operated in the power of God and basically redeemed man so that all men could now have God living on the inside of them. Jesus Christ was basically Jesus, the anointed man of God here on the earth realm. So 2 Thessalonians here says the mystery of iniquity. The mystery of iniquity has already been working, and according to this, it started working way back when Paul was even preaching. How many know that's a long time? The full manifestation will come in the Antichrist or the anti-type of Christ who sooner or later will make an appearance. The Antichrist basically is the only begotten son of Satan. Jesus Christ is God manifested in the flesh. The Antichrist is Satan who will manifest in the flesh. The Antichrist will be Satan manifesting, revealing himself in a flesh body. And how many know that's coming in the last days? So the mystery of iniquity has been at work for over 2,000 years. The full manifestation of the child of doom will come later on, but not yet. And that's when Satan will be manifested in the flesh. Notice he's going to do signs and wonders, but they're going to be lying signs of wonders. In other words, they're not going to be good. They're not going to be delivering people. They're going to be binding people even more and using his power. How many know that there's power in God on the inside of you? How many know there's power in the nature of the devil that's on the inside of people? Remember the madman of Gadara? I mean, he was bound with chains. He lived in in the tombstones. They put chains on him. He'd break them off. Why? Because there was supernatural power that he had on the inside of him because he was operating in the mystery of iniquity. The mystery of sin, the mystery of power was there. Now look at verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity does already work. How many know it's already working? Only he who now lets will let until he be taken out of the way. Now notice, the reason why the Antichrist is not in the flesh right now or Satan manifested in the flesh is because someone is holding him back at this time. That someone, I believe, is spirit-filled believers who are full of God. As long as Christ is living within you, the power of darkness will be restrained from full manifestation in the hour. The church is holding him back, but when the church is taken out of the way, when will that be? Rapture, when we're taken out of the way, then the full manifestation of the Antichrist with all his power and signs and wonders will be in the earth realm. So now we see the mystery of iniquity at work today. We see it witchcraft, we see psychics, we see politics. We see riots, we see division, we see the separation. There's pro-life, there's pro-abortion. There's pro-traditional marriage, there's pro-homosexual marriage. There's pro-God and there's people who want to eliminate God. What is that? You can see plainly the mystery of godliness and the mystery of iniquity going on in the earth right now. Many in the church do not know which side to take. I'll tell you, if you get born again and basically you do not get in the word of God, you will be a born again one operated in the mystery of iniquity. Two, you renew your mind to the things of God until you start understanding who's in you, what God did for you, and what you can walk in so that you put faith in it. You'll still live like a sinner boy just like you did before you got saved. That's why we must fan the flame on the inside of us. We must renew our mind constantly to the word of God. Two spiritual powers at work in the earth only. They're opposites. The mystery of iniquity and the mystery of godliness. All right, go to Acts 26. Sometimes if you don't pull your mind back over into the spirit realm, you'll just live an ordinary life because you're not understanding what's going on beyond what you can see. Many times we just want to live by what we see. The Bible says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Well, we see sickness as a sore throat. We see sickness as a cold. We see sickness as corona. We see But notice, Jesus healed all who were oppressed by what? The devil. So all sickness and disease is demonic oppression. It's basically demonic entities taking over your physical body to put sickness on your physical body, but since we have the mystery of godliness, how I mean say godliness. How many know he could not put sickness and disease on Jesus, who was full of the Spirit of God, because he walked in the anointing daily? The anointing of God is what breaks the yoke in your life and keeps you free from the yokes that come upon your life. As long as you're walking in the anointing of God, there can be nothing put on you, praise God. If you understand what God put on you, the devil won't be able to put anything else on you but it's a revelation that we have to get of who's on the inside of us. And when attack comes, we cannot look at the person. We cannot look at what's going on here. We cannot look at the group. You have to look at the spiritual force behind that group. And if they're killing babies, it's obvious that's not the spirit of godliness. Some people are even confused there. But that's the way it is, praise God. He's not into murdering babies. So what is that? That's the mystery of iniquity. Are some people in the church still operating in that even though they're born again? Yes, they are. Why? Because their mind has not been renewed. All right, Acts chapter 26, look at verse 15. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It's talking about Paul. Jesus said, But arise and stand upon your feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee, I send you there to open their eyes, to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Here Paul says, what, what Jesus told me I'm supposed to do is to turn people from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto the power of God. Now, how many know that's just not Paul's call, that's your call? Your call is to take people out of darkness, which is basically ignorance 90% of the time, reveal to them the light of the glorious gospel so that they get a revelation on the inside, get born again, and can get free of whatever the enemy has put on them. After the fall of man, satanic power ruled mankind. Jesus came and delivered man from Satan's power. There is now a choice for the human race. You can choose to be born again or not be born again. You can choose to operate in the mystery of godliness or the mystery of iniquity. If you be led by God or familiar spirits, you can be led by demon spirits. You can choose godliness or iniquity. You can choose heaven or hell. You can choose the power of God or the power of the devil. Both realms are available in the earth. To every man, say to every man. Yes. I mean, no, oh, know, the new nature is already available. Jesus already provided it. It is there. He just said you have to be born again. God's nature in the flesh or Satan's nature in the flesh is only what lives here on this earth realm. Today's satanic power, if you haven't noticed, has intensified. The world is pressing into the supernatural realm of evil with a hunger for power. Since the church provides no power demons are happy to provide that power for the people praise God and this is where the church has failed because we've gotten away from the power of God we've gotten away from who, what we can do and and how we can do it and because of that I believe every human being that was born since we had authority and power on the inside there's a hunger in our hearts for power there's a hunger in our hearts to be able to rule there's a hunger in our hearts to be able to set people free and stay free in our own there's nothing worse for us than bondage because we feel like we should be free and we should be So basically at that time, then you've got to understand that the power is out there and everybody's gravitating towards some supernatural power. And if the church is not going to manifest godliness and show people where to come, they're going to go somewhere else to get the power. And that's where they're going. You even see groups, you know, like we're seeing right now, destroy cities and destroy towns. Why is that? everybody's looking for some kind of rulership and some kind of power. And if they hook in with a gang or they hook in with a bunch of people who are destroying stuff, they're still fulfilling their authority. They're still fulfilling their gang relation. They feel like they're part of a group. That's what everybody's looking for. But God intended us to bring them into the church, into godliness, into the kingdom of God. And that's where the true fulfillment is in your life, just simply belonging to the kingdom of God. All right, look at 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4, look at verse 1. It says, Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Now, this is the Spirit of God prophesying. How many know He's probably right on? He says, Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in these latter times some shall depart from the faith. So, in the last days, it says, Some men shall depart from the faith. Now, basically, in order to depart from the faith, at one time they must have been in the faith in order to depart from the faith. Now, faith in what? Well, faith in the mystery of godliness, basically in the born-again believer that God lives on the inside of human beings. People rejecting the message of Christ in you, balking at the message of you are a temple of the living God. What are they doing? They're giving heed to powerless and weak Christianity, They sing powerless songs. They preach powerless sermons. They have what the Bible says, a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. What am I, a Christian? Are you a new creation? Not really. Are you righteous? No. Are you holy? No. But I'm just like God because I got born again. No power there. Why is that? Because your power only works in your new identity, and they've not been taught and don't know their identity, so they're not going to operate in the power of God. So basically, they, they have not grown up. They have a form of godliness but they're denying the power thereof. In other words, God, God's in control is a denying of the power of God. God's in control of everything. If somebody's gonna get healed, it's up to God. He's gonna have to heal them. If it's up to them, he's gonna have to do it. If we're gonna cast out devils, it's gonna be up to God. He's gonna pray in tongues God, it's up to God. God's in control of everything. doesn't matter what happens, God's in control. What does that do? You're basically saying, I don't need any faith. I don't need any power. I don't need anything. What? Well, God's in control of everything. And then everything that goes wrong and bad and, and you don't like, basically, then you get mad at God. And now you're separated from any kind of relationship with him at all. And since you're mad at God for doing that, then basically you get upset at God and you turn away from God. And then you think, how can God love anybody when I see all this stuff going on in the world and God's in control of everything? How can the world be doing this if God's in control? Don't he know how to handle it? I mean, if, if God's in control and this is what earth looks like, I don't even want to see heaven. That's probably just as bad. It have been around longer yet. See what I mean? But this God's in control thing strips us of everything that God gave us. What, why? They don't understand the mystery. The mystery is not God in control. The mystery is God has come down and now lives on the inside of human beings with the same power, the same glory, the same ability to do it. So the church, God wants the church to be full of believers, but not only believers, but one who are living and believing in the power of the Holy Ghost on the inside of them. How many know the church started with miracles? You go back and read Acts, I mean, there are signs, wonders, miracles, walking by, the shadow-touching people. It's normal to live in the power of the Spirit on the inside of us. It's normal for us to heal the sick. It's normal for us to be a tongue-talker. You are basically a minority of people because most people don't believe those things who are even in the church. But if you're not going to believe them, you're not going to operate in them. If you're going to be afraid to try them, it's not going to work. So the church began, basically, but we have departed from the faith... The faith in what? The supernatural power of God and the reality of the godliness and God living on the inside of each and every one of us. All right, go to Colossians chapter one. I mean, even take the power out of it. Just think, if you got a real revelation and really believe that God lived on the inside of you and was there every day, all day, there are some things you might do normally that you wouldn't do if you knew come on you wouldn't have pastors going out with their secretaries and running away from their wives if they believed that god the big god was living on the inside of them you wouldn't do that but everybody's got god over here in control and over here in control and doing this and they're just a normal human being trying to do their best but i'll tell you what god's closer to you than you think he is he lives on the inside of you all the time. And if you're in tune with Him, you're not even going to be tempted to do those things. Are you, you see what I mean? But if you're still being influenced by the, the mystery of iniquity and the mystery of temptation and the mystery of everything looks so good out here, that's when people get pulled out of it. But no, we're in the mystery of godliness. When you start to believe in the godliness that's on the inside of you and the Spirit of God that's on the inside of you, that stuff doesn't even appeal to you anymore. Worry doesn't appeal to you anymore. Fear doesn't appeal to you anymore. People yelling, screaming at you doesn't make any difference anymore. Doesn't bother you anymore. You're not led by man anymore. You're led by God who's on the inside of you. Praise God. Hallelujah. All right, Colossians chapter 1. All right, look at verse 25. Paul says, Whereof I have been made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of god. So here's Paul once again, he says, "What am I here for? I am here to be a minister. What am I going to do? I am here to fulfill the word of god. Say fulfill the word of god." <laughs> so Paul said he was a minister given a time period to fulfill the word of god. When was that time period? The time he was alive. A number of years that he was alive. He was given that time period. I mean, if you're going to live to be 90, you're in your time period right now. If you're 60 and going to 90, you've got 30 years of your time period left. What am I supposed to be doing in that 30 years? I am supposed to be fulfilling the Word of God. I mean, you know, when Jesus came, he fulfilled a lot of prophecies. What did he do? He's coming. He came. He's going to deliver people. He delivered people. He's going to defeat the devil. He defeated the devil. But now you're in that same person with the godliness on the inside of you, and you are asked to fulfill the Word of God. So if I find in the Word of God that I am a winner, then I have a dispensation to demonstrate that I'm a winner. The Word of God says I'm healed. I have a dispensation of time to demonstrate that I live a healed lifestyle. If the word says that I'm prosperous, then I should demonstrate prosperity in every single area of my life. The word tells me I'm a king. Then bless God, I'm gonna demonstrate and fulfill the word that I'm the king. I'm gonna manifest that word. If I manifest the word, I'm manifesting God because God and his word are one. one. And this is where your growth comes. You know the Bible says? The sower sows the word. Well, if you wanna put God in there, then the sower sows who? God, not just the word. And you can grow to become 30-fold God Come on now, 60-fold God, or the Bible says you can go to 100-fold God, depending on how far you want to go in your growth, or you can go to 0% God. You can just live like the rest of the world and be born again, die after your 50 years of misery, and go if you want to, but there's a growing thing that you can do if you fan the flame on the inside of you and get in the Word of God that you will start to grow 30, 60, and 100-fold. The Bible says you're a devil's master. So what am I going to do? I'm going to prove that in my lifestyle that I'm a devil's master. I'm not going to be afraid of the devil. I'm not going to run from the devil. I'm not going to be scared of the devil. I'm going to show the devil's who's boss, basically, because that's what the Word of God says, and I'm going to manifest that in my life. Now, notice, this puts pressure on you, don't it? See? This puts responsibility and pressure. Nobody wants responsibility. That's why God's in control of everything. See, people don't want to grow up. They don't want to fan the flame. They don't want to speak the word. They don't want to walk in those things. Those things put pressure on you to do it, but little by little, you will start to manifest godliness. You'll prove that God and you are a winner. You'll prove that God is healed and you're healed, that he is prosperous and I'm proud. You're going to prove that God is love because you're going to walk just like Jesus and you're going to be loving everybody, even people that's very hard to love. You will only fulfill the word that you believe. You will only believe the word that you receive And you will only receive the word that you heard and revelation came. You will only fulfill the word you believe. You will only believe the word you receive. And you will only receive the word that you heard and revelation came. So each and every one of us have a dispensation given to us to fulfill the word of God, to fulfill, to execute, to verify, to prove that the word of God is truth. And what does that do? It brings heaven into the earth realm. So what are we here? We're here to show the world that the word is true. Basically, we are the word on two legs, walking around. Why do you live healed? Because praise God, I'm the word and the word is healed. Hallelujah. How come you're so prosperous? Because God prospered me, and that's who I am. I'm prosperous. In there, and I'm going to prove that in my life. What am I doing? I'm manifesting godliness in my life. All right, look at verse 26 now. Talking about the mystery again. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages... And from generations, but now, say now, but now now is made manifest to the saints to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ coming back on a white horse, Christ when he lived on the earth. No, it's Christ in the hope of glory. So what's the mystery? The mystery of godliness. It's the mystery of Christ now living on the inside of you, bringing all his power, all his ability, all his nature, so that we can demonstrate the same power, the same nature that he did. Here it says, The riches of his glory are on the inside of you, and the riches of the glory are equal to all Christ is and what he has. You have Christ's ability. You have Christ's potential on the inside of you. This mystery is being made known to the saints How is it being made known through the word and through manifestations of godliness in people's life? So the mystery then is made known to the Gentiles. Here it says he wants us to make known the mystery to the Gentiles. How is the church going to make the mystery known to the Gentiles if the church don't even know the mystery to begin with? I mean, if the church doesn't believe, basically, they have godliness in them, they have power in them, they have the ability to do all this stuff, how are we going to teach the Gentiles to do it when we don't even believe it? But here he says, basically, it's now being revealed and made known to the saints. Say, I'm a saint. I'm a saint. He's showing you the mystery so that you can continue to move it on to other people. And that mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Not Christ in heaven, not Christ coming back on a white horse, but Christ in you. Say, Christ Lives in, me. lives in me. Okay, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Alright, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, look at verse 24. It says, but unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, is the power of God, and Christ is the what? Wisdom of God. All right, Christ is the power of God, the dunamis of God, God's ability and power. Christ is the wisdom of God. How many of you think God's pretty smart? Notice living in you then is the power of God and the wisdom of God because Christ lives where? Amen. On the inside of you. Your potential is a God potential on the inside of you. Now, how much of that potential you're walking in depends on your faith in the potential that's on the inside of you. It's not you acting better, getting better. It's simply believing what God has already deposited on the inside of you. The only way you make a deposit out of your ATM of the Holy Ghost is with faith. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. Money is the kingdom of natural realm. Faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. Everything you receive from the kingdom comes through faith. If you don't have faith, then you don't have currency, and you're not going to be able to receive anything. So faith in the Word is very important. You have a potential to manifest and demonstrate God in the flesh to fulfill the mystery of God in your life. All right, go to John chapter 16. Okay, John 16, look at verse 7. It says, Nevertheless, I tell you, Jesus is speaking, talking to his disciples. It is expedient or better for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, who's the comforter? Spirit of God, isn't it? So here's Jesus talking to his disciples. I'm sure they were thrilled with this. He said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's better for you that if I go away. Because if I don't go away, the Spirit of God won't come. But if I go away, I will give you the Spirit of God. In other words, it's better if I leave you because now I am God with you. But soon God will not just be with you, He will be in you. If you're living in Port St. Lucie and Jesus was there back in these days, how many know God was with you? But if you went to Stuart that day and Jesus stayed in Port St. Lucie, you were all by yourself. Now God lives on the inside of us. If you go to Stuart, he goes to Stuart. You go to Fort Pierce, he goes to Fort Pierce because he now lives and dwells on the inside of you. So Jesus is saying to the disciples, the same godliness in me is going to be put in you through the spirit of God on the inside of you. It will fill you with the same identity and the same potential and the same power. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, I am the express image of him. He said, the works, words that I speak are the father's words. He said, the works that I do, the father in me does. What was he doing? He was relating to the ability on the inside of him who was a father at that time who was living on the inside of you. Now, in 2 Corinthians, it talks about it was God in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. How many know that's how Jesus operated? But notice the word was, was say was. It was God in Christ reconciling the world unto you. Now it's Christ in you reconciling the world unto God. Are you following me? The dispensation has changed. Why? Because God came, went up, or Jesus went up, and he sent the Spirit of God down to be on the inside of us. So Jesus' work did not end when he left. It was continued in us when he put the Spirit of God on the inside of us and gave us the ability and power, praise God. Now Christ is in us, and what are we supposed to do? reconcile the world unto us how do we reconcile them the bible says tell them that god is not holding anything against them anymore he has provided for them he's paid for everything all they got to do is receive him as lord and savior praise god all right go to hebrews chapter one these teachings are being put online it would not hurt you to listen to them over and over, and over, and over. All right, Hebrews chapter 1, look at verse 1. God, who at sundry times in a diverse manner spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, but he has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world's, who being the brightness of God's glory and the express image of his person in upholding all things by the word of power when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of majesty which is on high. Here it says, Christ is the brightness of God's glory, the express image of his person. So Christ once again is godliness manifested and revealed 2,000 years ago in a body. God living and working through him on the earth. But notice it did not end there with Christ. Today the mystery is being revealed to the saints. The mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. God continues to manifest his power and his godliness through you. One day soon, the anointed one and the anointing of the divine nature, the spirit of faith, will live in the lives of people once again, in their spirits and their bodies, and we are going to see the full manifestation of the power of God once again. The anointed one will walk on planet earth again, manifesting his glory and power through Christians. The brightness of his glory and his express image is living on the inside of us. And it will produce powerful works, basically, because Christ lives on the inside of us. Hallelujah. Go to Galatians chapter (laughs) 2. like I'm chopping wood hallelujah the more revelation you get on this the more you're going to get free from the natural realm and that's where most people are stuck right now that are Christians basically I mean my gosh if you play the lottery and hit it you'd be talking about it for 14 straight days telling everyone I hit the lottery $3,000 on Friday night you got God living on the inside of you amen thank you Jesus you can do his works of power. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. You're getting a new car. Woo-hoo! A new car. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right, Galatians chapter 2. Look at verse 20. Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Now, who was crucified? His old man was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ now lives in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me not only was paul have christ living on the inside of them but he was now living by a higher type of faith he was now living by the faith of god which was in christ which was on the inside of him so in other words he was hooking up to god's faith which was even beyond his faith why did he do that so you would not put your faith in the wisdom of men but you'll put your faith in the power of god Basically, the more you hang around demos of power and hang around Christians who believe in that kind of stuff, basically, the more fear will be removed off your mind in order to believe and step into this stuff. The more you see, the more your mind will open up to power. Most do not know. Most do not believe. Most do not expect power outbreaks in their life. The more you allow God to do what he wants to do in your life, the more release will be in your life. When you can begin to experience God and his power, you will no longer be afraid of him or his demonstrations in your life. That's why it's important to see it. When we started out, basically, and I got born again, and Becky got born again, and we started going to different places and different churches, and they were fine. They were good people, had good potlucks. Everybody loved each other. And then all at once, we turned on TV, and there was people operating in something we did not see in the local church. People were operating in a supernatural power that we did not even existed at that time. I had no idea. And at first, you don't know how to take these people. And there's people, I mean, you go on their websites, some people operate in the power of God and go down and see the comments. You'll see some people say, a powerful man of God. And next people will say, a complete fake, a total fake. That's what he is. Why? Because you can see the division. Sometimes I like to read those things just to see where people's minds are, you know. Oh, I want to grow up in the things of God and be like him. Somebody else says, somebody ought to shoot that clown because he's faking all this stuff out and just trying to get money. Why is that? Because the mind is a thing that's either going to gravitate towards the natural realm or it's going to gravitate towards the supernatural realm and you want it to gravitate towards the supernatural realm so a lot of times when i read these scriptures in here especially jesus i put myself in the scripture you understand it's no longer the leper coming down and jesus touching him it's me He says, do you want to heal me? Yeah, I do want to heal you. Come over here. And I put my hand on him. In my imagination, what am I doing? Removing some of that fear that's on the inside of me. Afraid of sickness and disease. Afraid to pray. Afraid to do these stuff. That's why the imagination you have is so powerful in your life. Your imagination will take you beyond the natural realm. Come on, we're all imagining things that we know are way out there someplace anyway. But we're still imagining because you can do that in your mind. You can take it there. That's real. That will do it. Before I ever started preaching, I imagined myself preaching. So when I got up there the first time and there was only 30 people there, I was ministering to 2,000 people before I was ministering. So when I got up there, I thought, man, is a small crowd. It's the first time I ever got up. But in my mind, in my imagination, I already preached to thousands. I already laid hands on people. I've already cast the devil out of people before it happened. Because you can meditate. Say "Meditate." meditate. You can meditate the word of God with you in it. That meditation builds you on the inside and makes you a force. Praise God. To a place where you'll never have to wonder if you're anointed again. Never have to wonder if God lives in you again. Never have to wonder if you can do what God said you can do. But it's by your meditation and your imagination. That's why the devil's always after your mind. He wants to keep you bound, praise God He wants to keep you in a place where you're not growing in the things of God, the supernatural realm You can be in the natural realm, you can die, you can go to heaven, no problem if you're born again But there's a lot more exciting things out there than just living that way, dying and going to heaven, praise God There's some good stuff up there, hallelujah All right. look at Colossians chapter 1 again Here, Paul. He was a he was a flame fanner. Chapter one, verse twenty-seven. Paul says, "To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ." Quite a ministry, huh? Verse 29, wherefore, I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. So I said, Paul, how do you do this? Well, I labor. How do you labor? I strive, what? According to the power that's on the inside of me. I am constantly laboring to the point of exhaustion. I work I push, I fan the flame. I'm trying to keep my flame hot so that I can operate and I can make the mystery known to as many people as I want because the mystery is an important thing in their life and that's what my call of God is. So he just didn't casually do it. He was pressing towards that. That was his goal. That's what he wanted to do. And he did that not in his own power, but through the power of the Spirit of God that already rested on the inside of him. Notice, you can pump your own well, you can fan your own flame. Simply just obey what the Word of God says. The Bible said God inhabits the praises of His people. Yes. Well, I can't feel the presence of God. I don't know where He went. Well, why don't you praise Him? Well, I don't feel like praising Him. I don't even know where He is, for God's sakes. Yet the Bible says if you praise praise God, He will inhabit the praises of His people. So what am I going to do? I'm simply going to believe that and act on the Word of God. Some people don't even come for praise and worship. Other people come and don't praise and worship. To me, I want to praise God, feel the presence of God, so I'm going to worship God. I'm going to press in with my heart. Thank God now I'm not in the front row anymore. I got moved up front. Forces me. Do you see what I mean? It forces me to worship God. It forces me to praise God. It almost forces me into that thing. But when you do that, it gets rid of all that other stuff. But it's something, once again, that you have to do. You're guaranteed of His presence if you just praise Him according to the Word of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I mean, sometimes it's a fight to do spiritual things. Sometimes on Wednesday nights you think, well, it's already dark outside. It's 5.30 and I'm really tired tonight and I was up all last night watching the election and everything else. I'm just about ahead at this point so I just don't think I should go there. And Sunday morning comes, the alarm goes, oh my gosh, I even gained an hour of sleep and I still feel like junk and I don't feel like going. Notice, these are things you have to settle with your will and settle them once and for all. I settled it years ago. When church is open on Sunday morning, I went. When it was open on Wednesday night, I went. When they had some special person in, I went. Why was I didn't have to decide whether to go or not. Already made that decision five years in advance, and that's what I was going to do with my life, praise God, because I want everything that God has for me, and I want to grow in the things of God, praise God. So sometimes you might have to fight to praise. You might have to fight to sing. You might have to fight to pray in tongues. All these things are you laboring and growing up in the things of God, energizing you not only spirit but soul and body. The Bible says the same spirit that's on the inside of you, the same one that raised Christ from the dead, we will quicken your mortal body with his resurrection life on the inside of you. Well, if he's on the inside of me and he'll quicken my mortal body, then I'm going to attend to him and let him quicken my mortal body. There was a story, if you ever heard about uh, or ever read about uh, Kenneth Hagin. Kenneth Hagin had a heart condition, praise God. He got immaculately healed from it, but he was still scrawny and everything else, and he wanted to get a job, and he got a job pulling up peach trees, whatever that is, I don't know but he got a job doing that so he came the first day and they had two great big guys doing it and he showed up and said i want a job i want to pull up peach trees they said well it's a little bit hard for you to do i think and he well give me a shot so he'd go out there and the first day he's pulling and after about three hours the two big guys are sitting on their hind end and he's just going right down pulling them peach trees up one right after another the second day he came came there they pulled for a little while they were tired this little scrawny these guys pulling up peach trees it's going on and finally the boss says what the heck what, are you on something? What's the deal with you? And he says, no, I found out that the joy of the Lord is my strength. And as long as I'm in the joy of the Lord, I've got supernatural strength to pull those stupid trees up all day long if I want to because it's got in my physical body now what's on the inside of me and generated me to be fired up and have power to do it. So notice, how many you know that's just not available to him? Come on. Come on, that's available to each and every one of us on the inside of us. I'm so tired. I'm so weak. I just don't know if I want to make it through the day. Well, you're probably not. See, so what do we want to do? We want to simply act on the word of God. We want to fan the flame that's on the inside of us. We want to do that, praise God, because it's available to us. The Holy Ghost will revive you on the inside, praise God, when you need reviving, and I find out I need reviving probably about every other day, praise God, hallelujah. All right, go to Ephesians chapter 3. Most famous thing to do on the basketball court when people come on, these younger guys, and they say, Oh, we played two games, I'm tired, oh, I'm sore, oh, this, they always look at me and I'll say, It gets better as you get older. They'll say, Does it really? I say, Yeah, it gets better when you get older. All right, Ephesians chapter 3. Look at verse 3 and 4. Paul says, How that by revelation, He made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in a few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, that you may understand. Say that I may understand. So notice, God is trying to get us all to understand the revelation of the mystery that Paul had, which was Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul walked in a supernatural realm because of his revelation of the mystery. The greater your revelation gets, the greater the working of his power on the inside of you. And how many of you know if it's God on the inside of you, then the potential is endless. Look at verse 9. Paul says, and I want to make all men see. Does that include you? Make all men see what is the fellowship of this mystery which from the beginning of the world has been hidden God who created all things by Jesus Christ. Notice he wanted to get all men, that includes us, he wanted to get us to know the fellowship of the mystery. So Paul was called and anointed to get all men to see their fellowship or their relationship with this mystery and this mystery is basically God living on the inside of human beings. If Paul was anointed and called to write so all men could see what he saw, then the same power is available to us if we simply look at the Word and see what he saw. Aren't you glad he was anointed to do this? If he was anointed to do it, that means it opens the door for me to get the same revelation that he did. Well, why do we want to do all this? Look at verse 10. "'To the intent that now under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God.'" What will this power do? God wants the church to show the devil the manifold wisdom of God or wants to show them the mystery so that the devil will see the mystery operating in the children of God. Remember, uh, Paul was like that when, when they were fighting the spirit that one time. The spirit looked at them and said, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but you guys, I don't know at all. What happened? Paul had moved into the place of the mystery, and when they looked at him, they saw Jesus. When they looked at Paul, they saw Jesus. When they looked at the other ones who were trying to do it, say, trying to do it, it didn't work out very good, praise God. The devil, if you remember, thought he had Jesus when he killed him, thought he'd stop the power, thought he'd stop the mystery, but instead he multiplied Jesus. Now not one Holy Ghost Jesus, but there are millions of believers who are full of the mystery of God. The devil messed up, the Bible says, for if he had known it, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. See, he did not know Jesus came as a seed. He did not know that he was a seed of spiritual things. So basically, he thought he could kill him and put him in the ground. The last thing you want to do with a seed is put it in the ground. He did, and when he did, what happened? Jesus was raised from the dead, and he produced 30 60, a hundredfold, and many, many millions of people now full of the power of God. And how many know the devil can't? He already said, my bad, and he can't do nothing about it. <laughs> There's nothing he can do. So what does he do? He fights the move of the Spirit of God in churches and in your life because the revelation comes by the Holy Ghost and by seeing demonstrations of that power. At one time you were ignorant and afraid of the power, but sooner or later you will start to enjoy and operate in the power of God. There's no question that in many ways this church is this size and it's my fault. Because if I choose not to operate in the power of God and just be a good old lazy church, we probably have more people not running out the back door when the power of God moves in the place. (laughs) We ran off many a people with the supernatural power of God, but that's all right. I take power of God over people. So we are to labor, to work, to receive, and see the mystery. Why? So we can show the devil the manifested wisdom of God, that God has come to live in people again. God now has access once again into the earth realm through people. For us to live is Christ, and we're demonstrating that Jesus Christ is alive. All right, Ephesians chapter 3. All right, let's, uh, let's read the whole prayer back up to verse 16. Paul prays that he might grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in your inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that means you've got to get revelation, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. I love that verse, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Glory to God. So here it says you need to put faith in Christ in you. Now, when I first read this scripture years ago, I was still under the impression that you didn't get nothing from God unless you use faith enough to get it. In other words, you didn't get healed. If you use faith enough, I didn't even know he already healed me. Uh, I wanted to get prosperity. I didn't know he already gave me prosperity. So basically my, my thought about this was if I had enough faith, Christ was going to come dwell on the inside of me. If I could just get enough faith. But that's not what it says here. Notice, Christ is already dwelling on the inside of you. He wants you to put faith in the one who's already on the inside of you. You're not using your faith to get Christ to come in. You're using your faith in Christ who's already on the inside of you. You may not have clarity even for your purpose in life yet. You may not have Clarity at all, but you have general direction. What am I going to do? Every day I'm going to fan the flame of the Spirit of God on the inside of me. I'm going to study about the mystery and grow in the mystery of God and the ability that I have. Sooner or later God's going to reveal to me what He wants me to do in this earth realm in my dispensation of time. When He reveals that to me, I'm already going to be ready because I already have faith in the ability on the inside of me to carry out the supernatural work that God has given me because I'm not going to do it in my own ability. I'm already convinced of the availability that's already on the inside of me. Others are going to run into you. You're going to be walking in victory. You're going to have the joy. You're going to have the peace. You're going to have stability. Say stability. Hallelujah. How many know stability is very important? Yeah. How many know not too many people in the body of Christ have any stability? Mm-hmm. I mean, even this election now, right now, what's going on? and It's not final yet. It could throw you for a loop. How many you know that? Yeah. You're all geared up and then you're down. I mean, you, you shouldn't put your faith in the election. You put, put your faith in the president. Why don't you just put it in God? Mm-hmm. Put your faith in God. How many know He ain't going to change? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, praise God. So I'm going to keep my faith right there in God, praise God. That's where my faith is going to stay. I know he's not going to backslide. I know he's not going to quit. I know he's not going to fall off the throne. So basically my faith stays strong and I have stability. So Jesus has gone to the Father, Jesus has been received up into glory, it doesn't stop there. The same Spirit who did miracles 2,000 years ago will do miracles today through you who lives on the inside of you. The kind of power available to you today is the same power that raised up Christ from the dead. Jesus is not the only one, He was the first one. He's not the only born, He is the firstborn. So the question tonight is in closing, what do you have under your hood? Do you have turbo power engine or do you got a rubber band? God's power is available to you. It is able to do and will do all that you can ask or think of God. Hallelujah. Say I have, I have. Christ in me. Christ in me. He, is he is the power of God. Power. The wisdom of God. Wisdom. The glory, of God, glory. The love of God. The love of God. The knowledge of God. The, the peace, of God, peace. The of God. The joy of God. I put faith, I put faith in the joy. In the in the peace, in the the power, in the the glory glory that's on the inside of me. I choose to get the revelation of the mystery that Paul had. I am equipped. I can do it because Paul was anointed to break it down to me so that I could walk every day in the power of God. I choose, I really choose a supernatural lifestyle Aware of the Holy Ghost and the power of God God that lives in me. Christ Christ in me is the hope of glory. glory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All right.